Today's show is brought to you by Active. Active is a fabulous app and robust online community that allows you access to top-notch, motivating personal trainers who guide you through an audio-based workout, time to your choosing with fun, perfectly synchronized music. Whether you want to squeeze in a butt-kicking 10-minute no-equipment workout before work or launch a 5K interactive training guide, Active has you covered. Speaking from experience, Active is not just another fitness app. I was blown away by the options and the fun workout experience. Essentially like Netflix for fitness, Active gives members unlimited access to their entire bank of high-end, trainer-led workout classes. So if you're looking for fresh, high-quality, on-the-go motivating workouts that adapt to your lifestyle, I highly recommend Active. Also, because they're just the darn best, Active is even offering Fed and Fit listeners a free 30-day trial. So when you sign up for a monthly subscription at www.aaptiv.com, that's aptiv.com, be sure to enter the promo code FEDANDFIT. One word at checkout and your first 30 days are on the house. Welcome back to another episode of the Fed and Fit Podcast. Today, I'm thrilled to bring you yet another reader or listener, I guess we should say, reverse interview. These reverse interviews, of course, are when Fed and Fit listeners write in with really great questions, and I invite them to come on a phone call with me. We record the call. They ask me their awesome questions. We get to have a really fun conversation, and then publish it to the podcast with the hopes that other folks out there listening, either they have the same questions and they can definitely benefit from this conversation we're going to have, or maybe it it brings up some things that some of you guys have never thought of before. So I'm really excited today to welcome the lovely Allie. She lives in Ames, Iowa, and she is a graduate student there studying student affairs and higher education, which is really cool because that is actually my youngest sister, Samantha. That's exactly what she got her graduate degree in as well. And Allie, I believe you said that you listened to that Fed and Fit college student mini-series we did here on the podcast a while ago, um, but it's it's definitely a passion project of mine. I love working with higher education students, so welcome to the show. I cannot wait to jump into all your questions. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited as well. <laughs> awesome. Well, what what's on your mind, girl, or is there anything that you want to share with folks before we jump into some of the things you've got jotted down? Yeah, definitely. So I'll just touch on a little bit of a background of kind of like how I got these questions, because otherwise they don't make a lot of sense of like where I'm starting from. <laughs> awesome. um, so I grew up definitely like a healthy, healthy lifestyle. My mom was a marathoner. My dad was a weightlifter. So uh, they were definitely into the fitness realm and the kind of always eating healthy awareness. Um, but I was very unreceptive to it. Of course, like a typical little kid, I feel like I was that rebel child who didn't want to believe what mom and dad were saying. <laughs> and so I kind of didn't really fall into that realm until about I was 16 years old and got diagnosed with PCOS, so polycystic ovarian syndrome, for those who don't know. Um, and again, at 16, it's kind of like, okay, well, I'm not going to listen to the doctors. They suggested making changes in your diet and starting exercise. Um, but my friends were also eating pizza, and I wanted to eat pizza too. So <laughs> that's kind of the mentality that I took going into it. Um, and then in college, I started dabbling a little bit in working out. wasn't all that continuous with it. Um, 
kind of a little flighty with the eating and whatnot. I mean, it's, it's crazy when you come into college and everything, you have 24 hour pizza bars and 24 hours of all of this stuff that's kind of there sitting there for you to tempt you a little bit. Um, so I didn't really focus on working out or good eating until about sophomore year. And my parents decided to open a CrossFit gym. They had become really involved with the CrossFit community um, and really started looking more into the paleo eating. So that was a really big turning point for me. So from that point forward, I kind of started crossfitting a little more. I learned kind of how to cook. I started following recipes, just learning what flavors went together and those kind of little details. Um, slowly but surely, I started running, started crossfitting and started eating pretty much strictly paleo. And I saw incredible changes in both my physical health, um, and my mental health and my mental ability to just focus on school. And which was huge for me because I had notoriously been an insomniac. Like I was up all night. I was um, just not able to ever focus on things for too long. And so I started to see these changes and I kind of was like, oh, wow, this is something like maybe there's something behind this. And so started really wanting to figure out more like, are college students knowing that? Like, do college students know this? Am I the only one out there? So I did a lot of research and was looking for college students that are eating paleo and looking and seeing, does anyone, is anyone else doing this or am I the only one? And I really didn't find all that many people out there that were doing this paleo thing while trying to balance the college life Mm -hmm. and trying to kind of, I mean, people assume paleo, it's like super expensive and that you have to have all of these facets and kitchen gadgets to do it and so I really started following I mean you and Julie and Diane and Lexi and all of these um, paleo bloggers that were definitely my inspiration and kind of I saw this gap out there that was like hmm well I'm interested in this is maybe something that I could do for kids or students who are my age and really I want thinking well I really want to get healthy but it's too difficult like it's too hard for me to do that so kind of where I'm coming from is I'm really interested in potentially filling that gap and starting kind of a blog or a forum for students that can be like, okay, this isn't as hard, like walking people through it and having the recipes that are super easy to make, maybe for one individual if you're living alone or two individuals or something along those lines. So that's kind of where my background is. It's very exasperated. So cool. Um, I mean, what a great story, Allie. Thank you for sharing that. I think that that's something that you might be surprised, Allie, by how many people really relate to that. And I'm sure we'll get to, you know, this point again. Um, My guess is (laughs) through some of your questions that my guess is you've got written down. I don't actually know or remember Mm -hmm. them. Um, But I think that I'm, before we end the show, I'm going to tell you, you must start a blog. I mean, just so you know, prepare yourself. I'm, I'm going to not be shy about that. Um, but I bet you're going to find in blogging that a lot of folks are really going to be thankful that you're putting yourself out there. And it, it could be a really, really great community for people who identify with your story. So that's wonderful. Thank you for sharing it. Yeah, not a problem. So I think my first initial question is kind of more along the lines of just like where to begin. The blogging kind of field seems so like all-encompassing. Like I thought, again, I follow a lot of paleo bloggers who are very successful in this industry and kind of just like I see on Snapchat and on Instagram and on Facebook and (laughs) it's, and you also run your blog and you do these fashion posts and it's kind of just like, I want to do 
I go to sit down on my computer and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. And it's like, okay, I should start an Instagram. I need to have my email. Okay, I need to have this and this and this. So it's kind of more of line lines of like, oh, okay, where do you, where did you start? Where did, where's the best place to begin this whole process? Or is it kind of just a gradual outline. Yeah. What a good question. That's so funny because I actually have been thinking, just so you know, before I give give you my answer, that feeling of I want to do it all right now and I have no idea what to do next, that feeling never goes away. Ever. <laughs> Ever. That never goes away. I feel like that almost on a daily basis because the more you get into this work, the more opportunities show up and the, the more you can do with it, like a fashion column and a beauty column, you know? So those things are curiosity points and you know that folks are interested in it, but you also have to figure out, well, I, w- you, I wanna do it all right now, just like I wanna do a video series right now. And I wanna do, um, I wanna get the project, online project up and running 12 months ago, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so that feeling never goes away. I say when it comes to any task management, and I'll drill down on um, blogs in just a second to specifically answer your question, but I think with any task management, it's, and this is a no-duh thing. I'm sure that you do this in other areas of your life, and it's just, it's something that you can apply to the creative new venture process as well, and that is write down, now maybe, maybe people, maybe the the true blood type B people out there are going to be like, I've never done that. But if you've got any type A in you, I feel like this might be something um, you identify with. But I would say sit down. The activity is write everything down that you want to do, that you've brainstormed is a curiosity point or a passion point for you in this blog. And that can be line items like choose a name if you don't already have one, register the URL, set up an Instagram, set up some sort of a um, content calendar, draft a few blog posts. Um, Gosh, who knows what else? Uh, Start uh, experimenting with recipes, come up with X new number of recipes, things like that. Write all those line items down and then I would go back through and I would number them by importance right? And, mm-hmm. and it kind of becomes easier to see that process once you've got it on paper, at least speaking from my personal experience. When I'm trying to organize my thoughts that are just in my head, I have this impossible time trying to remember, oh yeah, um, I actually have to register the URL before I can get a blog <laughs> post up, you know, which sounds so silly, but I've had those moments before. And so writing it down on paper sometimes helps me really streamline those efforts so you're not cur- cur- constantly stopping and kind of, it's like the stuttered start, you know, because that feeling is is pretty exhausting when you just feel like you're constantly facing walls and facing decisions on, well, what should I do next? And then what should I do now? And what should I do now? You've kind of got it outlined and so you can just follow, you can tip over a domino and just see where they go. So I say that's a really good thing to do with any creative process or any new venture is write all the things down that you want to do and then number them. And then if you're extra type A, like yours truly, (laughs) then you rewrite that list in priority order. So that it just becomes a nice, easy go down, you cross it off, and you can just kind of take a deep breath because you've already made the decisions on what to do next. You just have to do it, right? Because that's doing it is the fun and easy part, but trying to figure out is it the right thing to do? Is this the right time? Speaking again from personal experience, that's when things are exhausting is when I just don't know when or how I'm going to do it. So now when it comes to the blog, I think that 
So in all blogging formats, content is king. Okay, now what I mean by that is getting out there and writing, whether you're publishing recipes or whether you're writing a five tips to stocking your dorm room, a healthy dorm room, or whether you're writing a five tips to eating healthy on campus, whatever that is, or how to set up a healthy workout schedule with your campus rec system, something like that. Um, how Choosing class times, a class schedule that will set yourself up for a really healthy, balanced college schedule. You know, take those biggest burning questions that you think people have or those biggest pain points that you went through in college, you know, answering some of those questions, the, the nuggets of information that you think, gosh, that would have been so helpful and turn those each into a blog post. Whether that is a new recipe or whether that is a how-to, turn those into a blog post and what a, but you don't just turn around and write a dozen blog posts overnight. So what you do, just like the other, is write down those blog post ideas and choose if you want to start off small, then I, and just to kind of you know work your way up. Then I would write one a week, and let's say, and stick to a schedule. So every Monday you post a new po- you put up a new post. Okay, so content is king. So having valuable content on your website gives people a reason to seek you and find you and then trust you as a resource, right? I blogged for five full years before I actually had anything additional versus what was free on the website to sell. So, and the reason why eventually when I wrote a book and eventually developed a program, I think that people were interested in that is because they'd spent five years you know, consuming this stuff that I was putting out there, this content that I was putting out there, and I had eventually earned their trust, right? So it's kind of a, it's it's a very, very long lead kind of job. Um, and knowing that going in, knowing that you're going to do it just because you have a huge heart for the topic and just because you want to help people is the reason to do it. I did not start a blog because I wanted to be a full-time blogger. I started my blog because I wanted to answer these questions for people. I'm almost like, almost makes, I have a heavy heart even talking about it right now because it's still so true and so significant. I still blog just because I want to help and I want to get as many answers out there as possible. And I just want to give everybody a big old virtual hug because I think that's what <laughs> folks really need. So I think that understanding content is king. The rest of it, you can take a deep breath about. You don't have to do beauty. You don't have to do fashion. You really don't even have to do recipes, but recipes can be really easy content. Mm-hmm. when you get to that point, but getting some stuff up there on the blog. So what do you need in order to get your first content pieces up? Well, you need a URL and you need a name. Now, know that those two things can change. You can change those in the future. So you're not sealing your fate by saying, I want it to be AllieInIowa.com. You know that. <laughs> oh, I'm, Lord, no. You know, I obviously, but I mean, maybe not obviously. I don't know. It's got a nice ring to it. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like you can, you really can change your name. I'd never changed my name, but I don't know. I'm a, I'm a painfully loyal person. I'm that person. I've been CrossFitting at this one CrossFit gym in San Antonio for eight years now. And I pass... I mean, I don't know, a dozen CrossFit gyms on my way to CrossFit, but I will never give up on that, on that. They're my, you know, those are my people. So it's just, that's my loyal Labrador type personality. <laughs> I just stick with something, but 
plenty of people um, rebrand themselves as time goes on. I'm sitting here looking at, this is the longest answer ever to your very simple question. I apologize, but I'm sitting here looking at this coffee mug on my desk right now and it's the Siete Tortilla family. Are you familiar with them? If anybody listening is not familiar with them, you should definitely look them up. They make these phenomenal paleo-friendly tortillas, and they're usually sold in the refrigerator section at Whole Foods, or you can order them online, and they're just this fabulous family. So I went to this Siete dinner uh, back at PaleoFX this past spring in Austin, Texas, and they gave us these Yeti mugs that have the Siete brand on it. And when I invited um, two of the Siete siblings to come on my podcast, I asked them for business advice because a lot of people on this show are curious about it. And one of the things he said, because they changed their name, they started off as their first name that they started with was called Must Be Nutty because they had almond flour tortillas. And then they changed their branding almost midstream to Siete. They were successful as must be nutty, and then they got more data points, and they decided at a certain point that they would they would shift gears. They have a new name, they have a new logo. It's really slick, but you don't always come off you know out of the gates with the perfect idea. The important thing is to just start. So, all this to be said, in summary, to your very eloquent, simple question and my rambling answer <laughs> is, I say, if you don't already have a name. Just go with the one that you've got right now. Get the URL registered. I mean, you can go to godaddy.com and get it registered. And then go to wordpress.org if you haven't already done this. And download one of their free templates, wordpress.org over wordpress.com because on the .org open source platform, it actually allows you more flexibility down the line. That's one of those things I wish I'd known back then. So... Go with the .org, install one of the free templates, or you you know you can get a paid template, but there's no need. They have lovely free ones, and then you just get started. It doesn't have to be beautiful. It just go ugly early. I say that a lot on here, <laughs> but get your first post up, get your little hello world post up, and and then just start rolling. Do one post a week and see where it goes. After that, after you get the blog post up, then start the social media account and and start sharing the things that you're doing on your website. But ultimately, in the world of content, you really want your website to be home base for everything. So if you'll notice across my social media platforms, I'm always trying to direct people back to my website, right? Mm -hmm. So Instagram, I try to post stuff. I mean, I post silly things. I mean, obviously, if I'm posting a picture of Gus, there's like no (laughs) landing page for Gus, my dog, on my website. But if I'm posting something, you know, a, a pieces of a recipe I'm making or like today's fashion post, for example, um, what I'm trying to do is is give people a snippet of it so they still like they're getting some value out of that social media post. But ultimately, if they want more, I'm redirecting them to the website. So same thing goes for Facebook Live posts as I'm redirecting people to the website. Snapchat is just a barrel of fun and totally silly. But every once in a while, I try to remember to tell people what I'm doing on the website. So that is my very long answer. I hope it was helpful. <laughs> oh my gosh, definitely. I love it. And I think that says a lot about like the scheduling and just taking it at small bites because it's like you see all of the things that you want to do and you're just like, oh my gosh, I have to do it all. I'm so excited about doing it all. And then definitely the numbering aspect is 
is beautiful for us type A individuals. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad to know I'm not alone. Yeah, oh, definitely. It's a it's a game changer, Allie. It really, really is. And it and I have to remind. I mean, I learned this lesson the hard way constantly. So don't be like me. I'm a very slow learner when it comes to some stuff. So um, yeah, I think that if you write it down, all the things you want to do, because it's true when it comes to the possibilities of starting your own business. I mean, you can be like a kid in the candy shop. You're like, oh my gosh, look at all this stuff I, I, can, I can and want to do. There is still so much with my business that I'm, I mean, I, I, I identify so much with where you're at, Allie, because there's so much that I want to do that I'm almost blinded by the things that I am doing, you know, because of all of these things that I want to do. So a way to stay present and appreciate the moment and really celebrate the current successes, I think, is to put those, you know, it's it's good to have visions and it's good to have goals, but put them on a calendar so you're not worried about whether you should be doing them when you should be doing them because you've already got it scheduled and then you can just do the work and enjoy the ride. Yeah, definitely. Um, kind of going along that, the other question I have is that um, like working with, so I come from a higher education background a little bit and so I'm very familiar with the idea of branding and making sure that things are kind of consistent across all boards. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering like, I know when I go to Fed and Fit, like you have these beautiful banners on top and like your cute little, I don't even know what they are, like the little shapes with colors. They look like <laughs> the gummies that you did. I don't know what else to compare them to. <laughs> That's all so weird. But um, somewhere along the lines of like, do you recommend like getting this, getting a banner, like one fell swoop, asking someone to do it, like, and then going at it or just kind of, I know you talked a little bit about just going in like, feet first, diving in. Um, but is that something that's worth my time up front? And then I can focus on kind of the content and more of that along the lines? Yeah, you can. So there's really no right answer to this question. Another very good question. There's really no one right answer. I'm sure if you ask certain folks, you're going to get certain answers from them. But in my opinion, I don't really have a solid direction. You can go either way. So let's break it up into two routes, right? Route number one is you just get started and you you buy one of those free templates and your header on the website is just your name, okay? Or whatever name you've chosen. And it's just text. You've typed it into the template. Okay, so you get, let's say you get half a dozen blog posts up and you kind of feel like you're, you've got that habit built and you're feeling comfortable with the content piece of it, then add something else on top of that. And maybe that something else is looking for a graphic designer to help you bring a logo, you know, to life. And then you get the logo up and you get that installed on your website and you're still building content and now you're kind of handling two things. Now you're thinking you've got content going first because that's priority number one, right? And now you've also got some branding ideas and you're going to start sharing that across some of your social media channels and you're feeling like you're picking up speed a little bit and then you can add something else on top of that. And maybe that is doing some little videos on Instagram Live you know, or Instagram Stories. Gosh, I always get those names mixed up. <laughs> but you, you know what I mean? Like... I think that that's option A is you just you get the content up first and then because because and this is the reason why I slate that as option A slash probably preferable in my book because you may learn things about your brand that 
you wouldn't have known if you hadn't already been hadn't already started interacting with an audience. Mm. Right? So yeah. when I started Fed and Fit, I created my first logo in PowerPoint of all things, which to be honest is still probably the place where I turn to the most <laughs> for graphic stuff because I just don't understand the other graphic tools. Lexi Cornbloom, which we've already uh, mentioned of Lexi's Clean Kitchen has tried so patiently to teach me uh, in design, but um, again, I'm a slow learner. So I created my first logo in PowerPoint and I used fonts that I downloaded online. It was very swoopy and girly. And I learned that I realized in my work that I actually wanted to be a little bit more colorful and a little bit more educational you know, almost, almost ha kind of take that teacher spin on things. And so that's kind of where, when I worked with a designer for my new website, this was two and a half years ago that I launched this website, but I knew I wanted something colorful and I knew I wanted a simple design. And that's where we came up with the hexagon. I sent her honeycomb, um, as some of my inspiration, but I wouldn't have thought of that if I hadn't already started interacting with people. So, the reason why I say maybe it's a good idea to start on the content and then start dreaming up branding is because ideas may come to you of how your content is different, you know, and really what does set it apart and how can branding, how can a logo and the design of that logo complement the community that you're building? Okay. Now, option B is the exact opposite of that. Option B says your brand and your, your name and the logo and everything can help dictate slash lead your community, right? So mm -hmm. it's just two different schools of thought. And I say go with your gut here. Whichever one you feel the most strongly driven to, then go with that one. Like I said, there's no one right answer. It could be that you have a very clear vision. Maybe you, maybe you are one of those true born incredible leaders that you just, you've got it already pictured in your brain. You just need somebody to, to draw it for you you know? And if that's the case, go for it. I can put you in touch with some great graphic designers um, that are, you know, really lovely and wonderful to work with. Go with that and then pick the design and get that up and then get the blog rolling. There's really no one right way. Um, I tended, I did the first, but that was because I didn't really know what I, how Fed and Fit was going to evolve. Yeah. So I hope that's helpful. No, most definitely it is. Um, the next question I have is kind of more along the lines in that realm of photography. <laughs> I feel like it's like the never ending question within like startup industry. So um, like editing, I have absolutely no clue like if photos need to be edited before you put them up or, you know, we're in the mid, I'm in the Midwest. And so it's dark at like four 30 <laughs> nowadays. So it's like, how do you find the ability to make sure you're getting good photos that don't look like they were taken on a little Polaroid item <laughs> while still finding that balance between the sunshine and the editing and all of those things. Oh, what a good question. And again, my heart goes out to you because <laughs> Oh man. Speaking of going ugly early, Allie, have you, I don't, I've told people about it on the podcast before, but in case you ever want to feel really good about your photography skills, you should look up my old, old posts because <laughs> they are really, really bad. For the most part, I remember to go outside and take photos. Um, but I have plenty of posts up there that were just like 
taken at 9 p.m. via the light from the oven vent. (laughs) um, I'm thinking of one in particular. It's this grilled pineapple and goat cheese appetizer. And if you type grilled pineapple into the search bar on my website, it'll come up and you guys can all get a good laugh at me. But um, so photography, there are some very, very basic things that can make a huge difference. First and foremost, when it comes to equipment, you actually, I don't, do you have any special equipment right now? Um, not really. I just have, um, slash stole my parents' good camera that they never use. So I have that. Um, thanks mom and dad. Yeah. Thanks mom and dad. That's how I got started. My dad had this gorgeous DSLR camera, um, and I was living with him at the time. And I just remember, and he was just tickled that I wanted to, I wanted to borrow it. Uh, but that's definitely how I got started. And now, to be honest, my camera is still one model less than his. What we've started doing is he's he like he buys the fancier camera and then he mm-hmm. gives me his hand-me-down or I buy it from him. But it's just turned into this really funny thing that he always has the the super nice model and I'm just I'm the happy, you know, like happy to get the leftovers. <laughs> um Anyways, okay, so when it comes to equipment, you have a really cool camera, but if someone's listening, you actually don't need a fancy camera. Your iPhone, if you have an iPhone, maybe you have an Android, these mobile devices that we have today take phenomenal photos. They take better photos than the equipment was out in some of the best cameras 10, 15 years ago. So know that you have all the capabilities probably with your mobile phone. There are sometimes actually that in a photo shoot for like a recipe, I will take out my phone because I think that my phone is better at taking photos in low light situations than my DSLR is. So know that you're probably great with your phone. My friend Vanessa Barajas, I think she's fine with me saying this, but (laughs) she's the blogger behind Clean Eating with a Dirty Mind. Mm -hmm. And until she came out with her book and started photographing for her book, which is also called Clean Eating with a Dirty Mind, awesome paleo-friendly baking recipes, but she used to take all of her blog photos with her phone. Amazing. Okay, so... Equipment aside, when it comes to editing photos, I think that, okay, before we edit, it we need to make sure that where we're taking our photos is strategic. So if you have natural light, that's definitely preferable. Um, next to a window, so you kind of get those cool, like sometimes moody shadows where it's a little bit lighter on one side of the plate and darker on the other one. You know, Mm -hmm. that's kind of how you get those. Um, If you take a photo where maybe the window is kind of behind the dish and and the dish is between you and the window, I guess, so to speak, that's where you get those sort of backlit photos that can be really cool Um, and ethereal looking. So you kind of play around with the lighting, but, but natural light is ideal. What I will do when I'm taking food photos is I run around my house and I turn off any artificial light in my house that could be casting some sort of a yellow glow on the food area. So I take a lot of pictures on my kitchen table, my like little dinette area, and I'll make sure that my kitchen light is off when I'm taking those photos. Um, and that allows the more natural, which is bluer toned lights to come through. So you really want food to be taken in a bluish tone colored light, and that's to mimic more daylight you don't have daylight available, which sometimes we don't this time of year, then there are a lot of people who take photos with artificial lights. A lot of professional photographers um, prefer artificial light because it's more consistent. You know, they know exactly what they're going to get. Mm-hmm. Just do some Googling and you can get some of those light boxes, um, those light kits 
that have a more natural, look for a natural light kit um, and that can help you in that regard. And then lastly, for editing, you can get fancy or you don't have to get fancy. There's some people who don't edit their photos. They take a lot of pride in that. There's some people who just take beautiful pictures and then they load them and they say, this is what, this is it. This is what you get. I personally edit all of my photos. Um, if I'm doing it on a mobile device, which you absolutely can, you can download. My favorite editor app is called Snapseed, S-N-A-P-S-E-E-D. Mm. And it's just a mobile little photo editing app and it allows you to adjust everything, the brightness, the contrast, um, the shadows, the highlights, all that good stuff. Um, you can adjust those on the photo and then save it back to your camera roll. And then for um, actual computer-based photo editing, I do use Lightroom. I probably use 5% of Lightroom's true capabilities. <laughs> it's an Adobe Photoshop product, but it's, it's really great. And the only things that I adjust in my photos are, I'm looking at a photo so I can tell you correctly, is I'll adjust the exposure. Sometimes I'll adjust the contrast. I will up the clarity to kind of help make it a little bit more granular. And then sometimes I'll up the vibrance, which is a trick I learned from the Pioneer Woman. But that's it. Super simple. So I hope that's helpful. Um, yeah. Ideally, just try to try to shoot in natural light and experiment with camera angles and lenses. Um, now, as far as camera settings, to be honest, you guys, I am not a pro at camera settings. <laughs> I put them... This is going to make real photographers shudder, but I put my camera in auto mode. I put it in auto and I turn off the flash. That's my secret. That's all I do. That was such a camera pun also too. You said, Did I really? What I said? Yeah, you said make all the photographers shudder. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm so punny and I didn't even know it. <laughs> You're the I'm best, Allie. Not to cackle back here. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so <laughs> funny. But, oh, so yeah. Does that does that kind of help answer some of your questions? Yeah, most definitely. I'm like now all excited and giddy. <laughs> good, good. Well, we're coming up towards the end of the show. Do you have any? Do you have one last question you want to round out with? Sure. Kind of an all encompassing one is just you know how do you get readers? Like how do you get that baseline and where do you put your information out there so that people can see it? It's, it's the most, it's the worst kind of answer to give you and also the best. So brace yourself. Um, how do you get readers? That's a question that I know a lot of people want to know. Honestly, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I really, there's, I don't have a game plan. I don't, I, it's not something that I think about. Um, I just, like I said before, content is king. I, what I try to do is I keep my ear to the ground. You know, I, I can't, when I say that, I say that a lot. And what I visualize is putting my ear on like a train track to see if I can hear a train coming like an old cartoon. <laughs> Anyways, bear with me or don't mind my analogies. Um, but I, I keep my ear to the ground and I try to listen for questions that people have. And those questions might be, um, gosh, what the world really needs right now is a gluten or a yeah gluten-free chocolate cream pie, you know, or whatever it is. And I hear that and I say, I can do that. I can, I can deliver that answer. And so I do and I create it and I make sure it's excellent. And I test it a whole bunch and then I take pretty photos and then I put it on my blog and then I'm like, hey world, here's this gluten-free chocolate cream pie. I hope you love it. 
And people who had that need and had that question can go find it. And if they try it and they like it, and then I earn a little bit of their trust, then maybe they'll come back and want to try more. You know, and then maybe that happens three, four, a dozen, two dozen, a hundred times. And that's when you really develop a, a true member of your tribe is someone who's like, yes, we are birds of a feather. Like I'm the people who are fed and fit readers, just like yourself. There's probably very, very little that I tell you that you don't already know. You know, I mean, yeah, there may be some sciencey things, maybe some things like tricks on how to take food photos. But at the end of the day, we're all birds of a feather. All the listeners here, we sit, we sit around and we nod in agreement. And, <laughs> you know, and then I consider myself just really the pointy tip of this fed and fit spear in trying to develop these and answer these questions and develop these recipes and build these programs that the tribe really wants. So... I don't know how you get readers. All I do is try to answer questions that are out there and then all of a sudden they find you and they and and the the better quality your content is, the more likely they're going to want to stay around. Yeah, definitely. That makes sense really coming back to the content is king kind of thing. Like that's what everyone's there for. Yeah, exactly. It exactly. It's not the people people really I mean, I understand that folks don't care about my musings for the most part. <laughs> they really don't. I mean, but if I'm able to if I'm able to contribute something of value, then then that's that might be a reason to be my virtual friend. I don't know. I think of everybody in the Fed and Fit tribe as, you know, we're all just like I said, we're just a big family, but um, <laughs> that might be a reason to stick around is that I provided something of value that they were able to use in a valuable way in their life. Yeah, definitely. So awesome. Allie, you are just so great. Thank you for asking these wonderful questions. I hope, actually, I'm sure it was helpful to other listeners here. So thanks for coming on the show today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was a blast. Oh, it was. It was great. This is a great way to break up my day of cooking. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Remember that, as always, you can find a full transcript of today's show in the show notes on fedandfit.com, where you can listen to the episode there. You can also, of course, subscribe to us in iTunes. And if you like the show, I highly encourage you to leave a review there in iTunes. It really helps the show prosper and do well. So thanks everybody for joining us. We will be back again next week.